<laughs> Go ahead and inhale the Holy Ghost that your soul might become a living soul by breathing the breath of life on this day two of our 30 day, day Tokers challenge. challenge. We're doing a 30 day Jehovah Wanna Fast. <laughs> You've heard of Open Bar. This is the open dispensary of heaven. And it is the truth anyhow. Glory. Hey, thank you, Jesus. He's challenging us to stay high out of our brain, which means stop sinning. <laughs> he has given you grace to translate you out of this present darkness lay hands on your belly into that glory light you have a spirit of God in you you have a spirit of holiness imparted into you by grace and that's your golden ticket up out of this place golden ticket from the face I see a golden ticket of the human race into space. A hundred dollar <laughs> bill, golden ticket. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca, for the offering before the broadcast. She gave me a golden hundred dollar bill. <laughs> Prophecy. Well, I pay my tithes and offerings and monopoly money. Let me ask my pastor if it counts. <laughs> I just take it as prophetic, prophetic. funny money. Signs that make you wonder. Make you wonder. God was speaking to me today about the rod of signs. I'd never heard of the rod of signs. I heard about the rod of righteousness, the scepter of iron of revelation. But I think it was the King James Version I was studying in today, going through Exodus. Mm -hmm. And God told Moses to use a rod for signs and a rod of signs. Now I saw this as cosmic ability. And then God said, after I have given you a rod for signs, he said, because of the rod of signs, I have made you God to Pharaoh. I have made you yad heh vav to Pharaoh. <laughs> I have made you sun, moon, and stars to Pharaoh. And he really did. And because of it, no one has ever done greater signs and wonders than Moses. So that's what we're picking up in this Exodus. And the Word of God came forth in the study of Exodus, and I'd never seen this before. And I believe that's why Rebecca gave me this golden $100 bill here and let it just be a prophecy of prosperity and favor and healing and deliverance from poverty and religious demons into your souls. Bam! And God was saying, notice the purposes of the Exodus. I bet you none of you have ever seen this before. Listen to this now. Exodus 3.18 in the Amplified. Shabbat, Holy Ghost. The elders of the tribes will listen and pay attention to what you say. 
Oh, they will listen and pay attention? <laughs> That's asking double a lot. Double portion. <laughs> wow. Listening <laughs> they and They will tune in attention. and rapture. Oh. oh. And you, with the elders of Israel, shall go to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So now, please... We ask and plead with you, let us go on a three-day journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Beginning in Exodus, God tells you the reason for the Exodus. Three days represents Jesus Christ entombed three days for the resurrection, which is to come on earth into heaven. But then he says that they may bring sacrifice. Now, I'd never seen this before, and it kind of blew me away, but God went on to tell Moses this repeatedly, that the purpose of me delivering you out of hell is that you may sacrifice for me in heaven. Exodus 5.3, Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go on three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God so that he does not discipline us with pestilence or with sword. Exodus 5, 8, again. But the number of bricks which they were making before you shall still require of them. You are not to reduce it in the least for they are idle and lazy. That is why they cry, let us go up and sacrifice to God. So there was a negative response and a hardening to the earthly man But God was summoning his people into the heavenly places to work for him, a people set apart to work for him, to serve him, and to bring him sacrifices. You ever wonder why Israel left Egypt with all Egypt's gold, all Egypt's money? You know, the Bible tells you exactly why, that you might bring Sacrifice. Now that's exactly what Exodus says. <laughs> Exodus 5.17 But Pharaoh said, You are lazy, very lazy and idle. That is why you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. But it was not because of laziness. It was because of God calling a people literally to work for Him. So, That is a very different perspective in understanding Exodus, and it probably contradicts everything you thought you know about deliverance or salvation. And it even contradicts a lot of the drunken glory doctrines. That's like, we think we can't be lovers and workers at the same time, but it's not work if it's an act of love. The book of Acts. Think about the book of Acts. That means actions. The book of of actions, a a people set apart to work for the Holy Spirit. Now this is where it's going to get you. You're either working for the devil's kingdom and bringing him sacrifices, which is working under Pharaoh. They were sacrificing everything, blood, sweat, tears. 120 hour work weeks. Their children. Their children. They were sacrificing their children. They were throwing their children in the altar of the river Nile, according to the Bible. So so you're either going to bring sacrifice to Pharaoh, 
which is everyone that's usually offended by financial offerings. Notice that every single one of them is sacrificing already to the devil, and that's why they're offended. God will have a people set apart from earthly Pharaoh works, earthly Pharaoh sacrifices, into heavenly Jerusalem works and heavenly Jerusalem sacrifices. The truth is, the people are here in spirit. They're not renewed in mind. This time is to set apart your minds, renew your minds through anointed teaching, the instructions of the prophetic, to understand God's ways. What is an understanding of God's ways? It's an understanding of His desires. They completely oppose all the ways and desires of Pharaoh and Egypt. And since Pharaoh and Egypt are ingrained in the human nature, ingrained in the flesh and blood and DNA, you have to be teachable with ears that hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches to receive the instruction to go into the wilderness three days to bring sacrifices to God. Let us go on a three-day journey. What are these three days? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I tell you the truth, the wilderness is the three-day journey. The exodus is the three-day journey. Crucified with Christ is the three-day journey. The rest of your lives you'll be on this three-day journey. A lot of people, they'll still be at the Garden of Gethsemane spot on the three-day journey. And what were they doing in the Garden of Gethsemane? Sleeping! (laughs) I tell you the truth, first five years of Joel's Bar, every visitor fell asleep. Literally, everyone that came in here, it'd be nap time at Joel's Bar. (laughs) And God said, just let them sleep. It was because of sin and demons, but it's also because the glory is so thick that it's going to trances. And it's all of the above. It's not just like, is it God or the devil? The truth is, as you're sanctified, going in the wilderness, three-day journey, it's both. Was Jesus crucified as God? Did he have the sins of the world upon him? Both. (laughs) You know what I mean? Spotless lamb with all the sins of humanity, past, present, and future, on God. So God with all sins. He became sin. Yep, so that sounds like God and the devil to me, doesn't it? Truth in you. So, people ask you how you doing. You're doing God and the devil. The point of the three-day journey is to annihilate the devil. The purpose of the three-day journey for the sons of God to manifest or for God to have his sons back, same thing, is to destroy The works of the devil. Now what are they? Everything you know in your human earthly nature. That's what they are. Everything you know in your human earthly Christianity. That's what they are. A people not opposed to the earthly church will have no perspective of the heavenly church of the firstborn. Where's the church of the firstborn? Bible tells you, heaven, not earth. If you're an earthly church, it's not even a question. If there's witchcraft in your life, it's measurements. And it's usually about 10,000 times more than you think. Mm-hmm. And when you start to acknowledge that, be like, okay, I'm the animal sacrifice. 
The animal nature of my human brain, my human hand, is the witchcraft that's dealt with of Satan in our three-day journey in the wilderness. They had snakes hanging off them. They had vultures flying over them. People were getting eaten into hell alive. I'm telling you, it was the good, the bad, and the ugly. And God said to them, the way that this will be successful is if you come up on the mountain and be here in the glory cloud. Then it can be fun. The wilderness doesn't need to be horrible. The reason why it's horrible is because the human nature is horribly ingrained into our flesh and blood and has to be completely cut out as it's written in Hebrews 4.12. The word of God from the mountain separates. We don't, usually don't like the separation. We're just like unity. Unity of the word of God of bone and marrow, soul and spirit, with no judgment of the thoughts and intentions of my heart because... I'm good. I had my devotional good today. I'm nice to everyone. I'll be nice <laughs> for the next half an hour. <laughs> Luciferian false love Christianity. Worldwide International Inc. Everywhere. And that's the truth anyhow. And when you bring something that completely opposes what the devil has brought you in charismatic Christianity. And trust me. The best of the best of the earthly charismatic Christianity is full of the devil and full of mixture. And it's not to belittle anything the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost is tough. The Holy Ghost like, yeah, test my spirit crucified with Christ to death because the Holy Spirit can't die. All that other stuff that gets offended and dies is weak and brittle. That's just the enemy and that's just human pride and human knowledge. You can be aggressive with God. God's tougher than anything you could ever throw at Him. God's tougher than anything the devil can throw at Him. God's omnipotent, mighty God, which means omnipotent energy in battle, according to Isaiah. The real God is omnipotent, which means all-powerful in conflict. Doesn't mean how, doesn't even matter how bad the situation is. You study church history, go back a couple more thousand years than the last two thousand years in church history, and you got 60-foot Nephilim eating human beings. <clears throat> And when they could no longer sustain them, they turned and devoured humankind, it is written. Mm. How many of y'all know? God was offended by that. He was bothered by it. Oh, I'm going to just terminate all that junk. But it was easy for him to do it. Mm. You know, I feel like with all the offense <laughs> in the, well. the overall churches that tend to unfortunately exist currently in that state, that verse that you shared really is the dividing line. Uh, if you can pull up that verse that has the three days journey on it. Because here's, here's the thing. If you are trying to leave Egypt for any other reason than to bring offerings to God through the apostolic leader of the tribe of Israel chosen and appointed by God out of Egypt... You're going to die in the wilderness. Anyone who did not follow Moses, a man who had been a murderer, someone that they complained and grumbled against him pretty much the whole time, off and on. Oh, what do you think about Moses? Can we, who do you think you are to be our judge? Well, the man who's leading you out of captivity, actually, and if you don't comply, you're going to be swallowed alive whole into hell while you're still breathing but that aside from that what is the kind of sanctification that separation of that sword 
What was available to them then? There was something wrong in their DNA since the fall of man. Now, since Jesus had not yet manifested physically in the flesh, in the earth, in that point of flesh, it was done since before the beginning of time, but in the old covenant, unless you had the keys of David, or we'll say the keys of Enoch, to reach forward into a covenant of a greater grace by walking with God in the cool of the day, what was available to them at that time? What God had said, and then what had been written. So that law that came to crush Egyptian sorcery ended up crushing those who still had the Egypt in them. Religion, rebellion, any which kind of it. What was God's plan since Jesus had not yet manifested for eyes to see in the flesh? If you remember, what are the Sephirotic stones? That pathway, it's also represented in DNA. There's something wrong with the DNA. Why is it not godlike? Why is it fallen? If you remember, each sapphire stone has that kind of a shell, that false covering of the false blue that appears like lapis lazuli, the throne of Satan, mentioned in the book of Enoch, first Enoch, that has the appearance. It's that false sapphire. It's like when any time you come to, let's say, Yasad or Had or Netza, any of the spheres, on account of your fallen human DNA and all fallen human DNA in its current state, that thing must be cut out. That's circumcision. The heart, yes, but also at a DNA level. When it's done at a spiritual level, and on a physical level, in the body, in the soul, right? You have a heart that's in a part of your body, the heart that's a part of your soul, and the heart of hearts, which is your spirit, your innermost being. There must be a circumcision of heart. Not in just the Greek mindset, one thing, one candle. What about the parts of the candle, the wax? the wick, the flame, and the little halo of light around the top of the flame. All of those are parts of the whole being, and that's what God is addressing. All of that was affected during the fall of man, so all of those parts need healing and restoration. Now, since Jesus had not yet come in the flesh, he sent Moses, who prophesied of Jesus, one who would come later, who was like him, apostolic, working power, signs, and wonders, and who was familiar with cosmic righteousness, the staff of signs, the branch, right? And those stones were not meant for just Moses to go up and eat. That top of the mountain was not supposed to be just some elders, some of the population. What was the initial plan? Come up the mountain and be made holy, but the people said no. If they had said yes, not fearing judgment, not fearing as they feared Pharaoh, they thought God must be like Pharaoh. 
not believing the truth about who God is, not believing the report of Moses, because if they believed in their hearts, they would have gone up. And it's the same thing happening today. Even if their mind knows the truth, what is it in the heart that keeps them earthbound? Those hooks have to come out. That's your three days journey in the wilderness. Now, if they had said yes, they would go up sapphire stones with the manifest Shekinah glory of God. And as they went up externally, that even that external grace of that covenant would have healed their DNA. And it healed Moses' DNA. That's why he had that youthful appearance. That's why he had a glowing face. Even that fading glory of the old covenant. He would renew when he would go into the tent of meeting. And now you are the tent of meeting and the portal of the mountain of Zion, which is the kingdom of heaven within you, to that rainbow glory Shekinah cloud. To marry the Shekinah within you to the Godhead three in one within you. A better covenant. It's better that Jesus left and poured out his spirit so that you'd have it within so that you don't have to go to an external mountain under all these conditions and all these different things happening. You start within by faith and it consumes you from the inside out. That mountain of fire. That rainbow. <laughs> Shekinah glory light. It's Mount Zion. Daniel 4 says it started out as a pebble, but grew to be a great mountain. That's your beginnings in Christ. Everyone, including Jesus, started out as a pebble. It was just a little baby. Mm. Little baby in the natural, little baby in the spiritual. Mm. Pebble and pebble. And God comes with the Bam Bam. Pebbles and Bam Bam Ministries <laughs> Worldwide. Yep. <laughs> so you can be in the chief Flintstones. That kingdom of David, he had five <laughs> smooth pebbles. He had five smooth pebbles and look what it is what look what the mountain of David, the messianic kingdom has grown into. Of the seed line of David, he promised a savior would be born. So, the mountain upward is the mountain inward. I remember, I've told you this story many times, but I see it right now, and I just wanted to say, right before you were talking, the Spirit said, heart of hearts, <coughs> and then right away afterwards, you said, heart of hearts, I was like, man, that whacked me. It's because we share the same half a brain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the Spirit of God. I've never had that at Joel's bar. Where I heard the audible voice of God say something inside the temple before another person <laughs> spoke it. So that was really amazing for me. Cosmic perspective. I was at a Bob Jones conference in 2010 in Wisconsin. And I came out of body. That's what he was talking about. And I was looking down into my body. And when I saw my spirit out of body, it was like a, a cloud. It had form, like a light beam. There's the silhouette of the shape of a body, but it's a light body because God's a light body. That's what it means to be spirit. You have to be in light body and in truth, which is spirit and truth. If you're in flesh and your brain's just attached to your body, you've never worshipped God yet. 
you have to be in that spirit of light, that spirit of glory, or same thing, spirit of light, in your light body, which is in spirit and in truth. So I was in spirit and truth in my light body, and I looked in and I saw the rainbow. God was showing me all this stuff. He pulled me about 20, 40 feet out of my body, over my body, looking down into it. First, he showed me into my spirit, showed me the light body, the whole, my whole spirit. Had the form of a man, but it's a, a man of light. You know, your true form, you're a light being. You're a man of light. You're a spirit of glory because God's the king of glory. And when you're developing that spiritual part of you, that's the part of you going from glory to glory. Okay? Then there was a rainbow, which was the amount of discipleship the Holy Spirit had been able to instill in me as his son. And I could see all seven colors of the rainbow. And he's like, that's your rank and your authority in the angelic. And he showed me. And honestly, it wasn't a full rainbow. It was more just like a chunk of a rainbow inside of a cloud. I was like, oh man, I got a long ways to go. (laughs) That's what I said. I was like, I I had to kind of focus just to see the seven colors. Like, man, we got, I need to be a better disciple. That's what I thought when he showed me that. But then he, after he showed me how much rainbow was in my cloud, then we went down into my body and I'm still in the bird's eye view in my spirit form. When I looked into my belly, I saw the mountain of the Lord. I saw Mount Zion and understood immediately there was an impartation of understanding the mountain of the Lord. And it was a mountain of fire and it was in my belly. And I know this is inside every single Christian on planet earth who really believes in Jesus Christ. All of you have this mountain within you. That's why scripture says the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's that mountain of fire that's the kingdom of God the Father. So that's the pebble. And I went and saw it. It was bigger than a pebble. I'd already been a believer, you know, 12, 13, 14 years in the glory of God and radical discipleship and the radical things of Christ and signs, miracles, and wonders for over 10 years already. But the the mountain was bigger than a pebble. It was a formed hill at that point at maturity in 2010. I could see the hill of fire. So then I came back into body and the whole focus of the rest of my life was clear to me. The development of the kingdom in the spirit. The development of the discipleship of the Holy Spirit on that rainbow in my spirit. For the rainbow wasn't even a sash yet. Mm-hmm. Which means I had not even girded my heart. My, my spirit, which is the heart of hearts. But the Bible says the greatest maturity of the, being a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is having the rainbow as a crown. Now, I didn't even have a grid for that until you know many years later. But this season, coming into Cosmic Righteousness, is the discipleship of the rainbow crown. Should we go there? Yeah. You know that's a verse in the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah, and while Don't you're looking, looking it like up, that. I'll share what's so important about what Brandon <laughs> shared, too. Just in the union of the Word of God, the living Word of God, is as I was speaking and talking about the pebble and the mountain, the Spirit was speaking all those things, and we went into the vision of Brandon's actual experience right before he started talking about it. So... Again, it's like sharing the same mind, sharing the same vision, sharing the same word of God, because it's the same Holy Spirit. It's not like where there's a different, you know, five different supposed Holy Spirits telling people all these different things with contentions. It's a unified vision that he's given, and he's speaking to us as we're talking. Our, my spirit is talking to Brandon's spirit. We're having an, an exchange of 
information, revelation, vision, the spirit of the Holy Spirit is speaking into our spirit. And so it's the same word and it's a cohesive thing. I feel and, due all over my forehead uh, right now. And so it's just beautiful. So I almost, I knew as I was speaking and watching that vision of Brandon's experience that after I got done speaking of that, he'd probably mention it because that's actually what we're experiencing and looking at in the invisible realm. So it's this whole secret communication. It's like friendship, cold language. And I can see the spirit man as a light yeah. being walking on the sapphire stones right now. Mm-hmm. You begin to see your spirit now walking the path. There's the narrow path. What's the narrow path? Just being a disciple? Just reading the Bible? No. The narrow path is the path of sapphires. Which What are sapphires? Sapphire represents prophetic revelation. Sapphire is the color of the prophet, which means intimate knowledge of God and His ways. It's not something you can do from just book learning. Mm-hmm. It has to be with sacrifice. Yeah. Come out of Egypt, walk three days into the wilderness, which means you're far enough away from your sin to bring sacrifice where? To heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way of the Lord. Now walk in it. And what sacrifice really is, it's not just money, but that's a big part of it until you get that down. Forget everything else. It's not going to work for you. Then it becomes your entire human nature. (laughs) It becomes your entire mindset, your brain, your culture. I mean, your past, present, and future. It becomes your time and space. It becomes the, the nations. Dash them to pieces like pottery. You're a willing vessel to be smashed like pottery. I mean, this is a person who's in advanced sacrifice. Most people don't come in willing to give up everything right away. They have to grow in love, in faith, and in trust. And still, it's few and far between that people are at that level of commitment to Jesus Christ. See, the remnant that takes the heavens, the sons, all have that level of commitment. Are all, all in. All in is the standard of anyone in the hundredfold. Jesus Christ said you're going to have 30-fold Christians, you're going to have 60-fold Christians, and you're going to have 100-fold. The 100-fold are the rulership of the kings of Israel, you know, also known as the 24 elders, and we want 144,000 of them that are 100-fold Israelites, sons of God, that are completely cosmic, that are living as light beings, developing the rainbow sash, developing the rainbow crown, learning the walk, visualizing the walk, seeing the walk, learning the sapphire stones, which is learning the path of angels and exploring it. You know, let's talk about Jesus' sash. Mm. You know how people see him with different colors? Uh, Mm -hmm. I know some of you are seers or you've heard of experiences when people see Jesus in an open vision or in a night vision or they get caught up out of their body. And, you know, when he's wearing the traditional... The white robe, the Jesus sandals, gotta be, gotta be the Jesus sandals. They're the I. It's iconic. Literally, I want to challenge you in this. Has there ever been an an outfit more iconic <laughs> in all fashion than <laughs> Jesus, his robe, sash, and Jesus sandals? I mean, they're literally the whole like the dad sandals era. It's coming all, in a different form. Everyone even called them oh the Jesus sandals. You know oh they're wearing the Jesus sandals. Who made that? Who created that iconic look? Jesus. That's his look. But that sash, sometimes when he appears to people, I didn't know this because I've only seen him wearing a certain color usually. And it would always just kind of 
be, you know, one of those two colors or that we're in between, we can't hardly tell where they blend together. But apparently, I've heard this from many sources, his sash color, when you see him, means something significant. It's a prophetic, it, it's symbolic language. So this is really interesting to me. Now, looking at the color of the rainbow, if you look at the rainbow, <laughs> rainbows are circles, right? They're not half circles, they're full circles. Like, I think if you're like what, in an airplane or a helicopter or something, you're, when you're in the air, you can see the full circle. But if you study, I mean, or you can just Google it, they're not half circles, they're full circles. Which is interesting because that looks like, it looks like a ring. What did he say that the Holy Spirit was like an engagement ring? Remember that verse? Given to us as a deposit, given to us like an engagement ring? It's a full circle. Oh, <laughs> the full circle. <laughs> the outside of the rainbow circle, the outermost layer is red. And then you have orange. And then you have yellow. And then you have green. Excuse me, guys. And then you have blue. And then you have indigo. And then you have violet. So what do those colors mean? The outermost is the red, but the innermost, which represents the higher heavens, mm. right? The outside yeah, the would seven be heavens seven, seven heavens. Colors. So as you go inward, that, that indigo, that blue, and then the indigo, and then violet, those colors mm. are, indi are indicators of the higher heavens. Erebus. The Arabath. And that was the color that I saw him wearing when I saw him. Jesus was wearing like the indigo? He was repping Araboth on his sash when mm. I saw him. Oh. Powerful. Yeah. But whatever color, there's great mystery. And also, if you, if you see like red or what, you're like, oh, I only saw. Come on, hello, you saw Jesus. First of all, that's an honor and a privilege uh, to have that experience. And second of all, when we humble ourselves to the lowest place. I remember saw he, Jesus in red. <laughs> Jesus in indigo. <laughs> Some envy, strife, jealousy, comparisons. The signs of demon-possessed infants in Christ. Yeah. Always envy and strife. There's always something beautiful <laughs> in what he's saying. And actually, maybe if you saw him in red, it might be a more humble manifestation. If you're going to think like an infant. Well, I'm hiding from you because <gasps> how much pride's in you. Right, <laughs> the camo, camo Jesus. Honestly, that's about where most people are at. Yeah, it gets better, but here's what I want to speak on Truth that too, you. because the Lord was talking to me the last couple of weeks that the body of Christ, even is at the best that He's got on Earth right now, is absolutely riddled, just rife, with this infestation of jealousy. Mm. And it's a whoo! It's an infestation. I'm mean, gonna get the Ghostbusters vacuum going. Uh, but and it's not like thousands oh, I of jealousy spirits from Satan upon charismatic glory Christians mm. that are growing. It's because of lies. Here's the thing: you were not made to be jealous. You were not given the seed of the spirit of jealousy upon conversion into Jesus Christ. That deposit of the Holy Ghost, right? DNA, enemy sapphire coverings over the sapphire stones that get circumcised. So as you go up, those things get dealt with and they come off. 
Now, this is what you need to understand. To overcome jealousy of someone else's nice things from God, destiny, calling, experiences. This is what the Lord had told me when he was dealing with this in my own heart. And this worked really great for me. He said, when you're jealous when someone tells a story of an encounter, you're cutting yourself off from the experience. He told me, he said, when I've asked someone to share a testimony, Mm -hmm. that's because I want you to have the opportunity to experience the same thing or maybe even greater. But when you go into jealousy, you cut yourself off from experiencing it, which only increases the jealousy. So here's here's, uh, one example is, uh, you know, someone has a manifestation and then I'm feeling jealous. What? But me, me, me. Where's mine? Where's mine, God? Right? This is a little older story, but as soon as I remembered, because remember, remember your training in the moment of the temptation. Yeah, you dealt a lot with jealousy. Uh, so why do they have so many cats and I only have one? There's so many cats. What cats everywhere? Anyway, it no. really does take one to know one. So we come from experience from being yeah. forgiven so much. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is what happened was I was feeling the intense. Long, it might feel like longing for what that person is experiencing. Oh, why? And that experience, I remembered my training as the Holy Spirit whispered to me, Hey, remember your training? Oh, yeah. Wait, why am I? Th- no one in heaven even thinks like this. This is not right. Mm-hmm. First of all, no one in heaven thinks like this. Check, something's wrong, something ain't right. Which means, okay, let's take another look. What is the Lord saying? And then I remembered, Don't be jealous. I'm actually trying to give you something be thankful that that was shared with you. I'm like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, I'm thinking completely wrong. Red flag when your mind is like a demon and right. not like Jesus. Right, so that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> my, my toxic traits, you know? And so, fruits of the flesh. Fruits of the flesh ministries. <laughs> and so what I did in that moment, remembering the training, right? You don't have to beat yourself up about it. That's not going to do you any good. You beating yourself up about it or other people beating yourself up about it is not going to accomplish anything. If it was, we'd already dealt with it by now and it would already be done. It doesn't work. That's what the Lord is saying. This is what works. This is what actually works. Field tested, tried and true is I asked for forgiveness for the jealousy. I gave it to the Lord in my spirit and I asked for the grace not to be jealous but to receive the seed of what that person had shared or spoken or posted. And then when that happened, bam, it, that ex- same experience in that moment happened for me. I got it. I mean, within just a, a few seconds of my sin, I got what I wanted. Here, how to get what you want from God in five easy steps. Forgiveness Number is one the release bestseller. of grace. <laughs> and we'll, always will encounter God when you're forgiven. <laughs> Forgiveness and deliverance and healing are all in the mm-hmm. same word, salvation, sozo, soteria, mm-hmm. in New Testament Christianity. And it's a progressive growing in all of them. Mm-hmm. So the correct posture when you're around spiritual Christians who have been forgiven much, because every area you're forgiven, you're encountering God right now. Areas of unforgiveness of your sins, transgressions, Forgive. iniquities, or humanity, There isn't divine activity because God's not present with sin. 
So when the sin goes through forgiveness, confession, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, the presence of God will manifest heaven mm -hmm. every single time, guaranteed. So the correct posture to someone who's spiritually encountering heaven is to get thirstier and hungrier. And there's a lot of people that do that. It's not everyone is a jealous hater, but there's a lot of jealous haters. It's part yeah. of the human nature. It's mm -hmm. the fruits of the flesh. Galatians 5, it is written. But some people that are not jealous people and have repented of jealousy simply get hungrier. Mm -hmm. The reason why the prophets are always telling stories is mm -hmm. there's a blessing in it yeah. to get hungrier for righteousness. And every time you get hungrier, something of the earthly goes away yeah. and on. a hunger for heaven increases so you go up to, into heaven. Where is the marriage supper of the Lamb for the hungry? In heaven. <laughs> Why? Because they're the hungriest believers in the world. Amen. They're so hungry. They're going to go up sapphire stones, eat with Moses and the Lamb, and probably sing a song. They probably have a song in vision mind. Vision will increase. Your vision will open in you as you eat for a hunger of righteousness. Yeah. There's nothing more mature than righteousness in the Bible. It's the pinnacle of maturity. It's called righteousness. After baptisms, laying on the hands, the resurrection of the dead. If God permits, we shall go into advanced training in righteousness. Hebrews 6, it is written. So there's nothing more mature available from heaven than righteousness. Notice it requires hunger. Mm -hmm. you got to be hungry. <laughs> so as you're hungry, you usually get fed something you don't want. Baptisms, <laughs> laying on of hands. The resurrection of the dead, going into the wilderness three days, learning how to sacrifice, all the stuff you didn't want to do. You just wanted to go into heaven and have fun. And then soon three days turns into <laughs> 11 days, and 11 days turns into 40 years, and you're just like, wait a minute, so something's not right. <laughs> yeah, and for Time all of you, up. 40 years in heaven. Amen. Not 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. 40 in years in the Garden of Eden. Go up the sapphire stones and spend the rest of your life <laughs> in you heaven, crawling like the know? body. And this is the—that's <laughs> so great. That—that that was excellent. That word on hunger. This is the other thing that the Lord wanted to share on overcoming jealousy. That hunger. Think of it this way: every time you hear someone telling a story, a testimony, a breakthrough, a blessing, right? When someone else is getting financially blessed, let's say somebody else who looks like they haven't been doing as much work as you gets a free Lamborghini and a vacation to like somewhere tropical and they didn't do nothing this year they were just like they repented of the one thing God's been bugging them about for like you know 30 years and he rejoiced so much in their one little tiny baby repentance of something that you overcame like 20 years ago all right free vacation and a Lamborghini are you going to despise this individual for God's generosity now think about it there's going to be something, well, but, 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 but. Hey, hey, Jesus, didn't Jesus teach on that? And he did. And uh, the one of the important things that he wanted you to take away today from this is that every potential opportunity or, it, or circumstance in which you typically might feel jealousy or hidden feelings of jealousy, the more subtle things that you're like, oh, I'm not jealous, but you know, it's jealousy. Those are all now become opportunities for you to receive a blessing. So if someone's speaking something and you're like, man, I want that. Choose hunger, like Brandon said, choose hunger. And just think of it this way. That word 
to not be jealous, you have to believe in the word of God. So if that word of that blessing that came from God into that person's life, and they're speaking about their blessing, they don't even have to be talking in the most humility for you to receive it either. It's not on them, it's on you. Remember, it's not about anybody else. You can suck marrow out of dry bones. That's right. So when that blessing, when that word of something God gave comes out of their mouth, see it like a seed. And it, when they speak it, that word is coming your way. All right, out of the way, jealousy. I want to come on. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that testimony. You know, here's the principle Thank you for of the kingdom of experience. heaven. If they're of that same pebble, uh huh. if they're on the mountain of the Lord and a brother and sister gets blessed, mm-hmm. that means the whole mountain gets blessed. Right. But if you're stuck in the flesh and you just see it according to material stuff, you don't understand the substance that created the material stuff. I mean, you're just in the devil. So when you're in the spirit and you see the spirit operating in different ways on the mountain, it's a training, but you have to understand when the oil is poured on the head of the high priest Aaron, Psalms 133, it says it goes down through the whole body. Down to the Any member of this body gets blessed. Down through the beard. The whole body gets blessed. To my beard. <laughs> oh, yes. So the whole kingdom advances as, as one because Jesus is one in his body. Here's the truth. Mm. This is put the fear of God in some people. Oh, get that out of here. Mosquito or something. Oh, they're trying to suck our blood. Did it, it die? Like the, the flies of Egypt and the ten plagues. Hallelujah. Well, that's what the Ghostbuster vacuums are for. I was imagining them <laughs> sucking all the dead flies out of brains everywhere, so maybe it did manifest. <laughs> Could have been from mine. Well, we're killing insects tonight. Right. Insectoid that was awesome, killing man. ministries. I was literally envisioning the Ghostbusters <laughs> vacuum, but sucking up flies out of brains. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Anyway, Shabba. that's just the kind of things I think about, you know. So this rainbow ha- halo is like a bug zapper, <laughs> and it's a principle of anyone it. on the mountain. Touch it. This is what I was about to say before that bug materialized <laughs> and I fluck it off the table. There is uh, there is a principle of understanding. <laughs> How not only the unity of the brethren works on the mountain, or if one person gets it, everyone gets a breakthrough and a blessing of one pioneers, mm-hmm. but it's only the divine part of you that gets the breakthrough and blessing. Mm-hmm. It's only the sanctified part of you, the God part of you. Because yeah. Jesus is God. His resurrection, he's perfect glorified state for 2,000 years now. You know that's written in the Word. He's seated at the right hand of God perfected in the resurrection okay now we're not we're learning his ways which is parts of us have it parts of our spirit have good fruit other parts of our soul and our body aren't going to make it on purpose because it's not even god that stuff's just going to be straight up burned out of you so you have to understand how the spirit changes constantly from black to white the soul from black to white the body from black to white it's true and there are all kinds of measurements in between the bible says so multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision that means gray matter that means they're stuck between the white of righteousness white throne judgment seat of christ jesus christ rider on the white cloud those who love me shall walk with me in white which is the shekinah glory and we hate the adultery we hate the murder But it doesn't mean that God's people and the Christians on earth are walking in righteousness because, for the most part, they're absolutely not. Mm -hmm. 
what they're walking in is the substance called gray matter which is it's not overt darkness it's not black it's not gross sin mm-hmm. it's a mixture of god and your human nature and i can feel that hitting home tonight that's mm-hmm. where you're at you're mixing your human nature with his glory that's coming upon you and you're in a gray place now that's the transition that's you walking into the wilderness and as you sacrifice you're getting rid of the gray for more white and that's the increase of the knowledge of the glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea that's cleaning your garments that's cleaning your hearts cleaning your spirit and embracing judgment getting those sins out making progress it doesn't have to be all at once it's just continuous progress. progress and sometimes you guys it's like it's up and down don't just think it's always going to be up 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 it's more like this and a gradually going up through going up and down because the blackness of sin and dna and the pull on the flesh your genetics your culture all the stuff of your human nature is black but you're born again now so white is influencing you so you're going from glory to glory, brighter to brighter in spirit, soul and body until you're completely glory. Amen. When you're completely glory and each degree that you increase in the white garments is a learning of an ability of your spirit man. It's not just being cleaner and cleaner, it's being wiser and wiser. Cleanliness comes only from wisdom that kills her beasts and mixes her wine and prepares her feasts. So it's feasting on a food from a higher dimension every degree that your spirit grows in brightness. Eating the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's bringing the sacrifice, bringing the offerings. And there were certain sacrifices that the people would bring that they shared so that they would get, there were very specific ones. We have this in the master class, Training in Righteousness. It goes more into depth on that. But uh, they would get to partake and, cele- and celebrate that thing. But why is it the offerings? Why is it the sacrifice? Because where your money is, there your heart will be also. So if your money is going under the altar of the priesthood of the fire, what were the offerings? There were some that would just be burnt, incinerated just to God. It would literally just go, like, literally throwing money on the fire and burning it. Golden calf or mountaintop, one or the other. And then the other sacrifices were to sustain, uh, you know, Levi and that family, those who were chosen of the priesthood at that time. Because... Their whole lives, 24, 7, 365, were priesthood. And they were not asked to do anything else. There was no... They were not asked to do different kinds of businesses and things like that. They were literally just set apart for this priesthood. And so it was everyone's job to bring those to honor the Lord, but also to take care of the priest. Now, why should you read 12 patriarchs to understand a little deeper there it's like oh why is it just they're special well you have to understand through all of the history of the priests in the 12 patriarchs when the blessing uh came to levi if you read his testimony he talks about the wars that him and his seed line were involved in One of the words that he gave to his offspring, Levi, the whole Levitical tribe, was that some of their seed line would die in visible wars and in invisible wars. So every time that Israel was fighting, 
they were doing double time. There was a physical war going on. Sometimes they had to get involved in that, and they, and they shed their blood. But they were also fighting celestially, and they were the only one out of 12 that were capable of fighting in the cosmos. Yeah. Because with the external covenant had to be so strict and so severe. I mean, they'd have them, you know, marry at a pretty young age, I think in their 20s, and they had them consecrated and just all these other precautionary measures to keep them purified in an external covenant that's not as great as a covenant that we have now. Otherwise, there was no way that Israel could win any wars Mm -hmm. because they had to take it in the cosmos. He was given the sun. The scripture teaches Mm -hmm. that, that the Levites in the Old Testament were to fight in the invisible battles. Yeah, and, and it it's says real. That some of you would mm-hmm. die in invisible conflict, wrestling mm-hmm. principalities is exactly what the tribe mm-hmm. of Levi was doing in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They weren't just sit, kick back, relaxing. Anyone who was just being wicked uh, and foolish or lazy servants, like, um, was it Eli's sons? The ones they end up, anyway, they would end oh, yeah, up dying oh, ju- by the judgment of God. They were just getting into wickedness. But you have to understand, they faced death more than anyone, whether it was physical wars or if there was ever famine or plague or anything like that, but in the invisible wars that they could die from as well. And on top of that, if they weren't consecrated, they could die from God. Literally, if they go into the Holy of Holies and they're not actually... Like, well, I thought I did it all correctly. Well, you weren't really sincere in your heart. Dead. Okay, we have to pull them out by the rope, because otherwise if you send someone to carry them out, they're going to die. There are places in the invisible realm that if your invisible man is not sanctified to that Levitical uh, cleanliness, your body may actually physically die. And that is a reality of my life that I live in every day. There's a special place where you approach in the Holy of, oh, Jesus and the blood. And well, here's the thing. That's the covenant of the blood of Jesus. But if you're not actually walking in the standard of his covenant, it's always the terms and conditions of that covenant. If you're not actually in reality walking in, and well, I just, I feel, and just, this is my God, and, you know, it's just fluff. If that's not seven spirits blazing, and you're walking in actual, the, the actual realities of the physical, invisible realm that has so many implications and that's why we take it so seriously we have the oil and the joy and have probably have more fun than most anybody you know but when it comes to those serious things it's because our nature is to sin in those places that nature has to be actually reversed that curse has to be reversed he's given us the priesthood tools to learn how to do it. So when it's actually reversed, instead of losing glory, you have a continual energy circuit of that lightning ephod of the priesthood of Jesus, a nation of priests. So whether you're set aside like like Levi, like Zadok, you know, the holy of the most holy things, or whether you're in business, you can be working in business in this new covenant and be a holy of holies priesthood. It's not just occupational, like in the Old Testament. It is a matter of consecration. So when that glory, if you're walking in the dead letter of the New Testament, by not going on sapphire stones within you, because upward is inward, then it will always be a fading glory. 
But what is that perfect renewable energy mm-hmm. that never runs out? The power of the sun, of nuclear fusion. Yeah. That is the lightning that's continually <laughs> emanating. I've seen it with my eyes. The word of God, the name of God that cannot be spoken. Mm-hmm. Inscribed in my inner man, and I've seen it with my eyes. And it's not of me. It's not from me. It's nothing of myself. It's him. It's the seed of the engraving. It's his name, unspeakable in this day, that continually brings forth energy. It's glory, continually. And that circuit board of that lightning ephod that's working in there, all 12 stones and even 13 dimensions, active and alive in him. That is the ever-increasing glory. Only the places where the glory is fading in us currently are those unconquered sapphire stones, which means uncircumcised spheres. As we go up through the remaining trees and whatever in mystery lies beyond that that I has not yet seen, there will be a great change in you and I. And it will no longer be you who lives, but Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. Sinful nature really only came out of Peter, James, and John when they went up to the high place. Read the Old Testament. All the sin was committed in the high places, and they had to be torn down. Someone had to go up there and establish righteousness in the high place. So you're not really tested really in the valley, because the valley is just death. You're tested on the mountaintop. You're tested in the high places of your life. That's why people come into the glory, and they get into girls' gold and glory. They get into selfish glory, vain glory, and they get into all kinds of other weird stuff, because they've never been tested in glory before. It's the first time they're tested, and it's always ugly. I mean, I've, I've dealt with it thousands of times, and sin always comes out. Mm-hmm. The issue is, once you start to become disciples of the glory of God, you understand the sanctification that comes with the glory light, so you're ready for it, and you don't just totally backslide and destroy your life into sin and all kinds of dumb stuff that the devil tempts you in. So if you're prepared from learning the Bible and around people experienced in walking in the Bible, it is a thousand times easier for your exodus. Just know the whole human nature and all human wrongdoing is going to come out of all of you progressively as his light intensifies. It's really just two things down here. God and man. That's it. devil only works through man. John's baptism from God or man. Which means the devil can only work through human beings. The demonic only works through man. So the more we progressively get into God, the less and less the demonic, which means it requires a greater sacrifice on the mountain, which means a a greater dealing with our humanity. The higher you go up, the more you deal with it. But because of previous sacrifices at lower altars, at lower steps of this mountain of fire, you know what to do up here. I guess I'm just going to keep burning my human nature Mm -hmm. off of my spirit. Off of my soul, off of my mindsets, off my thought life, off of my body and organs and bones and marrow. So you do learn the way. There's a discipleship in picking up your cross and following Him where the cross becomes your normal. 
And it's not a foreign thing. It's not a strange and peculiar and weird thing. It's normal to be crucified and to bring sacrifice on the mountain of God every day, every morning. His mercies are new for what? To bring a sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. A financial sacrifice. A sacrifice of time. A sacrifice of your thought life to be consumed more with his thought life. To make room for more of God and get rid of more of you every day. Amen. Amen. I got this uh, this little word here from uh, Times and Seasons by Bobby Connor. It's so relevant to the people's journey now. Be strong. And this is a quote here from the word be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous be careful to do according to all the law celestial law which Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Amen. What does it mean to not turn to left or right? Upward progress. Today I'm focused on things above. The renewing of the mind. What's a renewed mind? Always thinking Father's thoughts. Can't think of below world, base world, valley of death thought so your inner man manifests your thought life as is written so a man thinks in his heart so is he and out of the heart the mouth speaks so if you crucify the thought life of your spirit with the scriptures you'll rise up how do you rise up bible teaches through thoughts mm -hmm. if you're meditating on the scriptures night and day joshua <laughs> 1 you go up into higher thought life. <laughs> it's the purification of your thought life. The Word of God judges the thoughts and intentions, intentions of your heart. And the purer they get, the higher you rise. The purer they stay, the more you maintain that elevation. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much like a roller coaster anymore. It becomes more like a going up steadily. A steady mm -hmm. mountain climb versus roller coaster ride. When we're younger in the Lord, it's a roller coaster. And every single disciple goes through that. When you're more solid in the gospel and solid in discipleship, it's a mountain climb. And a lot of times, too, just be walking upward. Just a steady climb. Just making progress. Stuff will come at you. Since you're conquering the second heavens... Literally everything will come at you. But you got Jesus, and the higher you go up, and the more His nature is formed in you, the more angels around you. So half the time that stuff is actually pushed quite a distance away from you. And it doesn't need to affect your inner garden. Because you're rock solid in the fruits of the Spirit. The only way it affects the inner man is if you still have the fruits of the flesh of Galatians 5, and you haven't been pruned yet. So there's a, a point of all of you as you rise on the holy mountain within you, of getting pruned of all that seed line of the fruits of the flesh. I think there's a door open in the front and the back or something, the bugs are getting in. You guys just want to... No, they're all closed? I've never seen this many bugs okay, at Joel's Okay, so I bar. was in, a, in the night vision the other <laughs> night, and you and I were working on 
cleaning up the temple, <laughs> the pillars, you know, Boaz and Jake and, and working on, and what one of the sides on the, the, the girl's golden glory side of the body of Christ, like the spheres, that hand railing for people to go up that side, the right side, was where I was vacuuming out all the bugs and the flies. Is the front door closed? Okay. Okay. It's just bugs just in bizarre, here. man. Well, those were the ones I was sucking out, and it was we were talking when he said it was the the girls' golden glory, uh, uh, Venus Netza. That's mm. the the girls. Gold is Hesed. Venus Flytrap. Venus Flytrap Ministries. Amen. <laughs> Ghostbuster Vacuum Glory. That's the second time I've seen my Ghostbuster Vacuum. I think vacuum. we're dealing with the bugs inside the sheep's head. Tonight. Yeah, so what it it's represented. Prophetic. I've never seen this at Jill's Bar in 15 so years. The right hand side, where, uh, the flies went all the way up the hand railing. And so we were cleaning it out. And I was like, man, there's a, there's a bunch of flies in there. So I just suck them out with this thing. And it goes from Venus. Right, so Netza, which is the girls, gold is uh, Hesed, that's Jupiter, and so it's about the gold, and then the glory. Uh, that one also, even though it's represented in Hod, where we're at right now, it's also representative of the right side, that top level of Hakma, anything that's impure of the wisdom, right? Because one fly ruins the ointment, mm. ruins the anointing. And so that whole thing of the girl's gold and glory, which is common to all flesh, the things that people go after, it's those lies about those dimensions that were getting sucked out. And so I just thank you, Lord, for the destruction mm. of all these bugs. Yes. Out of the believer's mind. Thank you for the signs and the wonders confirming the word. Otherwise, I wasn't going to bring it up to me. Cleansing the flies of Egypt. Coming into a celestial Goshen with yeah. no insects. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about that is once Whoa. the flies were sucked out, there was a special ornate covering of the blood of Jesus, that crimson, that scarlet, beautiful covering of the blood of Jesus and the gold, the pure gold of, you know, his good judgments, his judgments are good, his judgments are pure, to adorn that hand railing. And I was talking to him today, and he had a couple of verses, and we got, what do you think, we have, go through, go through some of these? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, these are just some of the Holy just Ghost highlights. several more hours tonight. All right. Cancel everything you got Cancel going Cancel all on. your plans. It's fun. It's really Becca's nice. Becca's just going to talk for several hours now. <laughs> I'll, so I think I've been, some people wanted me to make video of talking for several hours, so maybe we'll work <laughs> on that. Okay, well, somebody somebody out there wanted that video. So, for my one, for my one <laughs> friend. <laughs> okay, okay. Psalm, it's not about us. Psalm 33, 4. For God's word is something to sing about. He is true to his promises. His word can be trusted, and everything he does is reliable and right. Can I just read in real quick? Yeah. You got to see this in, as we're oh, dealing with the stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Genesis 6 5 in the message says, oh my Snakes and bugs, I'm sorry I made them. <laughs> 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 Woo! Genesis 6 5 in the funny. message, Snakes and bugs, I'm sorry I made them. Evil was out of control. That one's really good. <laughs> Glorious, I'm sorry. Pretty funny. I was just talking about that the other day. I was like, man, why didn't they die in the flood? <laughs> Mosquitoes, man. Okay. Psalm 34, 15. The Lord sees all we do. He watches over his friends day and night. His godly ones receive the answers they seek. Well, you see this? We're not just reading verse. Don't let it go into that, that carnal brain of religion. It just works for somebody else. Check out this, yeah. Jeremiah 43, 12. 
Shepherds pick the bugs and thorns off of their clothes to make them clean. Shepherds, this is Jeremiah 43, 12. In the ERV translation, shepherds pick the bugs and thorns off their clothes. We talked a lot about those white garments earlier. To make them clean. I believe that's exactly the rhema word of God of what's going on tonight, angelically. I like that one. Yeah, Malachi 3.11, I will keep bugs from eating you. Eating up your crops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think he's high. He's hard to pronunciate. <laughs> Can't keep, even read in the glory. Like, I will keep, <gasps> what is a kitty? I will keep bugs from Hi. eating you. Hi, baby. That's okay. The, that's the paraphrase. Okay, so, <laughs> right, so these verses, when the Lord was showing, to, showing me these verses, he said, tell my people to believe the word. Hi, baby. <laughs> I've come to eat the bugs. Where are the bugs at? All right. This one, she actually would attack scorpions for me and protect me. Physical scorpions. She's... Don't take her for just a little wuss. My cat spider before I declawed him. When I lived at a couple houses before the crack house, they had some kind of bats would get into the basement (laughs) through, like, the chimney. And there were probably seven bats that got into the basement. My cat would jump up five, six, seven feet in the air with its talons and rip them out of the air and then eat the whole bat. Wow. We watched Spider eat like seven bats. That's hilarious. Some kind of diet. Bat special snack. Diet, bat snacks. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, the Remember Lord... Remember that spider? There he is. He's like, hey. good old days. <laughs> okay. Oh, we got a kitty. <laughs> This is nice. But when I was looking at these verses and the Spirit was highlighting them, He said, make sure to tell my people that this is, these verses, these are the Word of God. So these are going to be true in the believer's life. So when you hear them, believe. Mix it with your faith. So these will be true about you in your life. For God's Word is something to sing about. He is true to His promises. His Word can be trusted. And everything He does is reliable and right. The Lord sees all we do. He watches over his friends day and night. His godly ones receive the answers they seek whenever they cry (laughs) out to him. (laughs) Good job. Psalm 32, 8 through 10. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing (laughs) and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So my conclusion is this. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. Psalm 34:20. God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. Not one bone will be broken. And then this one is really interesting, the lust of the on the lust of the eyes and lust of the heart. We're talking about the heart and the, the dimensions of heart. Numbers 15, 39 through 41. You will have these tassels to look at. (laughs) 
And so you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves. How, how do we prostitute ourselves? By chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. The lust of the hearts and the lust of the eyes. Eyes. Now look at this about Ruth. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, Boaz said to Ruth. Now think cosmically, don't think Bible study. You can think Bible study from your past, but think cosmically. What is Boaz? Who's done their homework? Jesus. It's Jesus did his homework, so I oh, don't have to. La, 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 Jesus la, la, la. is Boaz. Okay, Ruth, okay. Ruth the bride, Naomi is okay. the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. But <laughs> Boaz also, he represents, because Jesus is what? His cosmic body. Which part of Jesus' cosmic body is Boaz? It's the left pillar, which is the left side, which our instructions this season mm-hmm. have been to strengthen the left side. And so, anyway, so Boaz instructions to Ruth. He said, let your eyes be on the field they are reaping. What was just highlighted before here? Don't prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. And But Boaz says to Ruth, which represents what? You just said? Ruth? Ruth is the bride of Christ. All right. Let your eyes be on the field, the bride of Christ. Let your eyes be on the field they are reaping. Her eyes were holy. Wherever her eyes went, blessing, abundance, and increase came. Some eyes on something, a task, a project, a plan, or a destiny, evil eyes work she to see. She considers the field and buys it. That's right. A wise woman is to be praised. Oh, Praise evil. you, Rebecca. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, I can feel that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thanks. Some eyes. Oh, I feel it. Glory. Thank you. Some eyes on something. A task, a project, a plan, or a destiny. Evil eyes work deceit and treachery. While utilizing flattery. Not every eye, not every eye should see the plans that God has given you, right? Not every eye should be allowed to see the plans that God has given to you, spoken to you. Don't share it with all your jealous haters. In other right. Words. Mm-hmm. Out of court, <laughs> in a court, holy of holies. Use wisdom. Amen. Not everyone wants to celebrate your successes in Christ. Right, right. That's true. That's a sad <laughs> truth anyhow. Boaz, as the judge of Israel, perceived that the Holy Spirit rested upon Ruth. Right, what did Brandon just say? Bride of Christ. Married to the Holy Spirit. We like, where well, I need a husband. She was married to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Boaz, as the judge of Israel, perceived that the Holy Spirit rested upon Ruth. So that's why he said to her in Ruth 2.9, let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Now, if you would interpret that verse, like many translations do, to refer to the gleaners follow after them, it would have had to been it would have had to have been written and glean after them. But instead he said follow after them. A celestial mystery. He was making reference to her eyes. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. It was a reference to her eyes. 
So he said, let your eyes be on the field and follow after them. Now, if you look at Young's literal translation, thine eyes are on the field which they reap, and thou hast gone after them. Have not I charged the young men not to touch thee? When thou art athirst, then thou hast gone unto the vessels, and hast drunk from that which the young men draw. Thine eyes are on the field. Thine eyes are on the field, which they reap. And thou hast gone after them, the eyes. But the eyes of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Alright, and this one is a word for some of our listeners. Psalm 35, 11 through 18. They are malicious men, hostile witnesses of wrong. They rise up against me, accusers appearing out of nowhere. When I show them mercy, they bring me misery. I'm forsaken and forlorn like a motherless child. I even prayed for them when they were sick. I was burdened and bowed low with fasting and interceded for their healing. And I didn't stop praying. I grieved for them, heavy-hearted, as though they were my dearest family members or my good friends who were sick, nearing death, needing prayer. But when I was the one who tripped up and stumbled, they came together to slander me, rejoicing in my time of trouble, tearing me to shreds with their lies and betrayal. These nameless ruffians, mocking me like godless fools at a feast, how they delight in throwing mud on my name. God, how long can you just stand there doing nothing? Now is the time to act. Rescue me from these brutal men, for I'm being torn to shreds by these beasts who are out to get me. Save me from their rage, their cruel grasp. Then I will praise you wherever I go. And when everyone gathers for worship, I will lift up your praise with a shout in front of the largest crowd I can find. Psalm 35, 28. Now is the time to awake. Rise up, Lord. Vindicate me, my Lord and my God. You have every right to judge me, Lord, according to your righteousness. But don't let them rejoice over me when I stumble. Let them all be ashamed of themselves, humiliated when they rejoice over my every blunder. Shame them, Lord, when they say, We saw what he did. Mm -hmm. Now we have him right where we want him. Let's get him while he's down. Make them look ridiculous when they exalt themselves over me. May they all be disgraced and dishonored. But let all my true friends shout for joy. All those who know and love what I do for you. Let them all say the Lord is great and he delights in the prosperity of his servant. <laughs> then I won't be able to hold it in. Everyone will hear my joyous praises all day long. Your righteousness will be the theme of my glory song of praise. Psalm 36, 5. This is what goes higher. What is it that you ask that goes higher than the highest heavens? This is what goes higher. But you, O Lord, your mercy seat, love, is limitless, reaching higher than the highest heavens. Your great faithfulness is infinite stretching over the whole earth. Your mercy seat love reaches higher 
than the highest heavens. The mercy of God. Psalm 36. Thank you, Lord. 36. Mercy. Great mercy upon the people. The forgiveness of sins. That their enemies would not triumph over them, over their mistakes, of their blunders. Thank you, God, we receive your judgments. Our people receive your judgments for the mistakes. But let them not fall into the hands of men. Let us not fall into the hands of men, wicked men, but only into your hands. And I looked and I saw, as I was taken into heaven the other night, I saw our company, our people of God, on the earth, and I saw the very hands of God reach down into the earth. And you, the sound of my voice, you stepped into the hands of God, forsaking all that was in the world, and choosing not to leave his hands. And I saw him lift, not just on chariots, but in the very hands of your father. And he picked you up himself. And he brought you into the cosmos. And that's his plan for you, his mercy, his love, his patience, his forgiveness that goes higher, his mercy. His mercy over your your mistakes, your failures. That mercy seat with the blood of Jesus goes higher than the Araboth. Higher than the highest heavens. And we decree over you tonight that those people who would ridicule and slander you over your mistakes, your sins that God has already forgiven, that God is forgiving you even tonight, your sins be forgiven. And the sins of your slanderers be forgiven. He's raising you up to a higher place where their word curses will not kindle upon you. They will not touch you. They will not harm you. As you forsake all that is in the world, even in your own earthen vessel of your fallen nature, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the hearts, and the pride of life, as you forsake that, you're stepping into the Father's hands, and it will be His hands that carried you into the cosmos, not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. I've got just a little bit more here. Oh God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind, all mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the rivers of Eden. Thirteen rivers from thirteen dimensions. The fountain of life flows from you to satisfy me. In your light of holiness, we receive the light of revelation. Lord, keep pouring out your unfailing love on those who are near you. Release more of your blessings to those who who are loyal to you. Don't follow after the wicked ones or be jealous of their wealth. Don't think for a moment that they're better off than you. They hide. Whew. Don't think for a moment they're better off than you. They and their short-lived success will soon shrivel up and quickly fade away like grass clippings, fallen angels, in the hot sun. 
the son of righteousness. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. His eyes, the eyes of the Spirit. Fix your heart on the promises. What do we read? He keeps his promises. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land feasting on his faithfulness. Find your delight and true pleasure. True pleasure in Yad He Vav He. And he will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. He will appear as your righteousness. As sure as the dawning of a new day, he will manifest as your justice, as sure and strong as the noonday sun. Quiet your heart in his presence and wait patiently for Yad He Vav He. And don't think for a moment that the wicked and their prosperity are better off than you. Stay away from anger and revenge. Keep envy far from you. Keep envy far from you. For it only leads you into lies. Flies. For one day, the wicked will be destroyed. The wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will inherit the land. Just a little while longer, and the ungodly will vanish. You will look for them in vain. But the humble of heart will inherit every promise and enjoy abundant peace. Psalm 37:26. I've found the godly ones to be the generous ones who give freely to others. Their children are blessed and become a blessing. The word of God is true. Psalm 37, 29-34 The faithful lovers of God will inherit the earth. The faithful lovers of God will inherit the earth and enjoy every promise of God's care. Dwelling in peace. forever God forever peace. forever peace God's lovers make the best counselors their words possess wisdom and are right and trustworthy the ways of God are in their hearts and they won't swerve from the paths of steadfast righteousness evil ones spy on the godly ones stalking them to find something they could use to accuse them. They're out for the kill. But God will foil their plots. The godly will not stand condemned when brought to trial. So don't be impatient for yad hey, vav hey, to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he will exalt you to possess the land. You'll watch with your own eyes and see the wicked 
lose everything. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. I'd like to give an offering. Remember this verse. We will lead you three days into the wilderness to bring sacrifices. As you're coming out of Egypt, the earth, coming out of religion and rebellion, being led by God and His angels and His prophets, you're being led to the mountain to work for the Lord, to serve the Lord, and to bring sacrifices from all your house to the Lord God Almighty. Click the links in the description, give sacrifices, enjoy the three-day journey, and we'll see you Tuesday.
Out in the wide open It's like I'm swimming in the oceans made for me Never been this free My heart is beating like I'm running golden streets Yeah, I've been feeling like I got no ceiling Like this world is not my home I know his ways are blessed, living that Sunday best, and I don't gotta stress, I'm not worried about it, I know where life is found it, there's no way around it, I know that my father's got it, and I don't leave nothing, even if all's falling, ain't that something? Now that the door's open, I'm walking straight through to his promises for me. I've never been this free. His love, his mercy, pick me up. I'm on my feet. I'm not worried about it. I know where life is found it. There's no way around it. I know that my father's got Ain't that something? 